This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Hi, this is Dominic Pace, who plays Gecko the Bounty Hunter from The Mandalorian, and you are listening to Conversations Podcast. Hello, and welcome to Conversations. I'm Charles. And I'm Pat, and this is... A long time ago, in a van on the way to Orlando, a couple of nerds had a series of conversations. This is Banter Fodder, the celebrity guest episode. <laughs> well, thanks, Pat. I'm, I'm really... You're not the celebrity guest. Oh, right. That's right. You're a celebrity, but you're not the guest. <laughs> no, that would be Dominic Pace. Dominic, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Hello to you guys, and hello to all your listeners. Happy to be here. Thanks, thanks so much for having me. Well, it's an absolute honor to have you with us. For those who don't know, Dominic played a fantastic character called Gecko in The Mandalorian. We are beyond excited to have you on and uh, talk about you and you know your fandom, but also um, what you've given back to the community, which is what we're, we've always wanted to talk to you about. It's a really fantastic thing you've done, and we're really excited to speak to you tonight. Oh, thank you so much. It just means the world. Again, you know, I, I put myself into the shoes of millions of Star Wars fans to where, you know, I asked myself, you know, almost that, that sort of uh, rhetorical question, why me? But because it was me, um, the other uh, point in terms of, uh, aside from moving the character forward, is how much can I do to help others uh, as a way to say thank you, uh, a genuine thank you to Dave, John, and Brian Seif of Legacy FX. Uh, who gave me this priceless opportunity, uh, again, that not necessarily as an acting accolade, but just a, uh, a dream come true for any lifelong Star Wars fan. That's so cool. Oh, man. We had talked about um, the idea of hopefully having you on and, um, you know, what would we uh, talk to you about. And when you started doing the, the tour and you started going around to these small businesses, um, you know, comic shops and such, that was really where we wanted to go with this because we have always been all about supporting small businesses in our own little footprint and um, thought it was really interesting and unique to see on your end to do that nationwide sort of uh, tour. Yeah, I, I can't tell you how grateful I am. You know, this was something to where, uh, you know, I, I've been telling everybody that I have the a tattoo of Gecko on my right shoulder, but I feel like having a yin and a yang on my left shoulder, which represents the Star Wars community. You know, look, I've been in this business for 20 plus years and forever humbled that literally, I mean, let's let's call a spade a spade, under one minute screen time, but there is no other franchise where every character is special. And there's something so beautiful about that. There's something so symbolic. And not only that, in terms of being your own one unique, one of a kind looking character, which is parallel to life. Uh, but when my son and I set out for this, my 11 year old son, Bennett, we uh, left for Vegas on June 28th. I mean, not being a celebrity, not being a big powerhouse name, we didn't know what to expect. And this might have been completely out of pocket in so many ways, but I cannot tell you the reception that we received so much so uh, that we are going to do it a second time from September uh, 13th to October 6th. Um, but also at the same time, a lot of beautiful things we were able to hit through this, especially through such a, a crazy year such as 2020 with COVID and all the social issues, everything going on. First off, it was just the togetherness of the Star Wars community, specifically the 501st Legion, Mandalorian Mercs, the Rebel Legion coming out to support me. I remember one specific evening in Fort Dodge, Iowa, where I needed to book a couple of weeknights 
because I couldn't hold over in a hotel every night where it just wasn't, wasn't going to be lucrative enough. And uh, I had members of the 501st where literally, I mean, and it was no offense at all, it was crickets from about 6 to 8 p.m. I told the gentleman, I said, I said, guys, I said, you, you guys can go home. I said, I, you know, I feel bad. And literally, like royal guards, they just stood by my side. And, and that wow. sort of gives sort of a, uh, a mindset in terms of the Star Wars community for, again, someone, I, I, you know, I keep looking over my shoulder as if Dave or John is going to look back and be like, dude, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, that's just the Star Wars community for you in terms of just there is no small parts. And uh, like I said, I can't tell you how humbled and grateful I am. I've always tried to give back uh, throughout the course of my little television career of guest stars and co-stars. But to be able to do it a little bit more on the center stage right now, and especially to have it amplified with all the beautiful things that the 501st do, the Mercs, the Rebel Legion, uh, just to be able to get that email in the morning sometimes. And I'm just still beside myself. They have this website called Cameo, but I don't even use it. Uh, you know, I mean, of course, you know, obviously we charge for an autograph or two uh, or for some of the merch. But ultimately, I mean, to send a video to somebody going through a hard time or at a hospital or anything like that, it's just been such an overwhelmingly beautiful experience, no matter what ends up happening with the character there. Yeah, you know, you mentioned that, you know, even with the, the signatures that you offer or the merch that you're you're bringing along with you, the t-shirts, whatever you may have with you. But even in that sense where you're going around um, meeting the fans, giving people the opportunity to uh, share in that fandom like Pat and I did and thanks to Rob from the Jedi Temple Archives podcast who brought us stuff back from uh, from visiting you in Chicago. So we get a piece of something that you brought along. But even in that sense, you're taking part of those profits and giving them back to the to the comic book stores that are hosting you. That's correct. A lot of the stores would ask me, hey, are there any other actors? And I'm, in an embarrassing way, unfortunately, a lot of them, you know, they need a $6,000 up front. They need $10,000 or, you know, $2,000 plus first class tickets. For me, I said, hey, I I'm just so humbled the fact that uh, this character is getting such momentum and attention. I said, let me give you 15%. I said, the only thing I'd ask for is just maybe a night at a hotel if you can spare it. Uh, and every comic book store that I reached out to just jumped at the opportunity. So little by little, I just had a really fun month of mapping out uh, a great little road trip. And we're going to go back and do it again there uh, pretty soon, right before season two. Um, and just a great way to give back. You know, the one thing as a blue collar actor is getting it done yourself. And the one thing that has been so inspiring with these comic book stores is the same mentality, you know, not coming from much, um, but picking up your bootstraps every single morning and saying, hey, how can I make the opportunity happen? Uh, that's what I believe in in terms of Gecko. That's what I hope he'll symbolize for many years to come. Getting it done yourself. There were 25 other uh, creatures that day, uh, but one person stepped up and said, hey, you know, I think I'm special, but in the most humble and, and unique way. That, that is absolutely fantastic. And you can see that in all those different stops that you did. You know, we paid a ticket, you know, particular attention to um, Roe at the Scarif Scuttlebutt podcast and how, you know, you were there and we saw some of our fellow Red 5 Network members there and WSTR and like we said, Rob, and how you brought that little community together, even with uh, the COVID-19 going on and social distancing, but you still had that sense of uh, community and especially this year without celebration and everyone's literally today going through that withdrawal and having even sort of a sense a tiny sense of that not only gives people a chance to meet you and and experience some of that star wars feeling but also that sense of community as well without question and that's the beautiful thing about star wars that's why episode five to me in terms of the parallels of life is why the the, the movie is so important and why it's so special the franchise it's not about science fiction it's about the parallels of life about hope, about believing in oneself, and about togetherness. And again, if you look at the entire Star Wars galaxy, 
Uh, there's people from all different walks of life that people can relate to, and I think that's what's so beautiful about the uh, the entire franchise that Lucas created, and now it's taken into the most beautiful hands of Filoni and Favreau, not to mention his amazing director team of Deborah Chow and uh, Wakiti and uh, so many other legends, soon to be Carl Weathers, as well as Robert Rodriguez. So, uh, yeah, just uh, an amazing family, and like I said, I can't tell you how honored I am to be a part of it there. Yeah, I think it's uh, really an interesting point you bring up about the secondary characters and how, you know, with less than a minute of screen time, you can be a legend in, like, the Star Wars fandom. Yeah. And I think it's just, uh, I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head um, with different, uh, you know, different looks and, and different walks of life kind of identifying with these, you know, less than mainstream characters or... You know, even background characters, someone is going to say, hey, that's a really cool character design, and just fall in love with it. Yeah, you know, today, it's funny you mentioned that. It just came in the mail, but uh, there's a $200 figure right here. I mean, literally, <laughs> less than uh, two seconds screen time. I don't even remember seeing him. I saw him in a trading <laughs> card. But I got a bottom on, and I can't believe my wife's ready to kill me. But, <laughs> if anything, you know, I, I always say, you know, we're hopeful, uh, especially with Hasbro or with... Um, Funko or with Lego that uh, Gecko will be the blue snaggle tooth and the mail away uh, for uh, the Mandalorian. So we're, we're fingers crossed, but uh, again, that remains to be seen. We'll see what happens there. But I, I just can't tell you how humbled I am because again, I've had larger roles on television. I mean, beyond words, I've starred in films and uh, it has not even come close to the amount of attention that Gecko's received. And uh, again, I just can't tell you how grateful I am and, and single-handedly so humbled because it is, uh, because of all the industry being shut down, it has uh, been able to support my family through all of the, uh, the tour there. And speaking of family, um, you had a special uh, special guest with you uh, throughout this tour. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about that and your son? My 11-year-old son, I mean, he's too mature. He's more mature for his own, than his own good because I'll tell you, you know, he, he'll watch my diet. He'll, uh, he'll make some business decisions. And I'm like, you know, I can't even deny it. But it's just hilarious because he's 11 years old. And, I, and, and you so want to tell a kid sometimes, no, you're wrong. But it's like I, I had no argument sometimes. But, Dad, I, I don't think you need to downsell yourself that much with this piece. He's like, I, I think it's, it retains the value. Because sometimes, like I said, I'm one of those salesmen. I can never sell cars because I would give people the flattest price out the door. Because I'm just also I'm just so grateful for everyone. I can't believe people want the autograph or they want a piece of merch and i'd be like stop doing that stop doing that he said, you don't have to do two for one he's like he's like they're gonna get it and, and so but he would do that throughout the whole trip priceless you know i, I grew up my parents i had two italian american uh real hotheads so they lasted about two years and uh i didn't grow up with one you know my dad i mean we, we obviously get along so well now but it was just so priceless to be able to have that father-son experience on the other end uh and we just had so many great vacations mini vacations within the entire experience and uh, just to be able to teach him customer service skills, uh, social skills. You know, one of the things now, all the kids, they're dropping down, their head down to the phone. I, we got to tell my oldest son every other two seconds, you know, two seconds, hey, you know, just, you know, address that person. Address. So it was just a, a priceless experience all throughout. And uh, he's just such a genuine kid and, and really beyond his uh, years there. See, I think when we were coming up with this question, we were like, what did you teach him? But it seems like he taught you stuff, which is awesome. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'll never forget, we're in Memphis, Tennessee, and I mean, the one thing, I don't like alcohol, I'm not into any, you know, drugs or anything like that, I just, I love food, I'm Italian, you know, we grew up, we were fed on freaking bread and butter, so, uh, yeah, he comes to me, we got, you know, I want to go on Beale Street for the first time, and we're in freaking uh, BB King's, and he leans over to me very quietly, he says, he said, we should probably skip out on dessert tonight. <laughs> 
Would you give a percentage of uh, chance on the fact that your wife may have been uh, uh, coaching him along the way with text messages, perhaps before or after meals? Doesn't eat too much. <laughs> yeah, no, he takes after he takes after her a little bit. My other son is like me. We would have been going to town because he he doesn't notice anything. He's watching YouTube and everything else. So, but uh, no, no, he's great. But such a great kid. I mean, really stays dedicated to working his core. He's uh, you know he uh, loves little league uh, baseball. There, he does on the mm. travel teams and such. But I've never seen such determination, dedication from a kid. But, but like I said, you know, we're at 45. You get to that age now where you just want to throw back a beer. Who cares if you get a little gut or something? You know, the, the ladies like the dad bod, but he's, he'll stay on top of me. <laughs> <laughs> so we took a couple of days in Disney World, which was great. Uh, went to Tupelo, Mississippi uh, and got to see the birthplace of Elvis and, of course, Graceland. Uh, we went to the Lincoln Museum in Springfield, Illinois. Um, so it was really just some really priceless experiences. A couple of Wild West museums out in Colorado Springs, places we normally would never see. And then this lonely Highway 50, oh my God, it's just, uh, it, it's peaceful, but almost scary that like for a hundred miles, uh, not, a, not a person in sight uh, for in, around Nevada, Utah area there. And see, that's the other side that's really interesting as well is that it's um, what what I you know when I grew up in Canada it was the, called the Milk Run when you take let's say a bus between two cities and the Milk Run was the sort of the country roads, not the highways, and you sort of pick up people along the way. And you get a completely different perspective on where you're traveling from and traveling to, and I get that impression too with you with with how you reacted, but also exposing your son to that because you're also then letting him see that beyond the big cities. There's a lot smaller things going on between, and that's where a lot of the story happens. And having that experience is fantastically invaluable in the sense that you get a much more uh, microcosm view of such a large world. Without question. And again, I mean, just going back to the business aspect, the, the greatest lesson I want to teach my kids is, again, on those two weeks of filming, there were 25 of us. And a lot of times, you know, if you remember that movie, Wolf of Wall Street at the end with Leonardo DiCaprio, sell me this pen. Well, 99%, those 25 other creatures, not not to be disrespectful to my peers, uh, you know, a lot of the 90% of the, uh, the audience is going to say, well, I don't have an opportunity in this town. I don't know how to sell this pen. Um, but the beautiful thing about, you know, t teaching my son was just to find your own uniqueness, to find your own value, and uh, to do that and to be proud of it. And uh, I hope that he takes that through life in terms of business. And when the world tells you, especially the last couple of years, I mean, forgive me, but I, I feel like I'm hearing a lot of excuses on how the world owes us something. Coming from back east, I mean, it just we were not raised that way. If you got to get out there and show them. And I, I, don't, I can't tell you 100%, but I'd like to believe that Filoni and Favreau know about the tour. Uh, they know about our passion. And I think that they, you know, Disney, which is usually very protective over their brand, uh, has allowed me the opportunity uh, to set this example for my kids and also to set this example, hopefully for Gecko for many years to come 
in that if you believe in yourself, uh, that the country is there to give you opportunity. But you have to get out there and get it. And uh, that was hopefully, no matter what happens to me, will be hopefully the greatest lesson for my two sons. Yeah, I think that's, I think the, all the teachable moments, you know, not only on your tour, but then with your experiences and your mindset of, you know, opportunities there, but you have to take the initiative to go out there, make something of yourself and, and, and get those opportunities. Yeah. And I think that that's, I mean, I know that that's what people need today. Yeah. Um, like, like you said, we all grew up on that, on, you know, uh, you know, my father's small business owner, very successful over the last 50 years running his business. And it's cause he busted his back to, to get it done. And that's how he raised me. That's how I raised my daughter. That's how you're raising your sons. It's, it's, it's crucial. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, Disney, you don't put the blame, and that's what I feel. You don't put blames on corporations. They had no plans for Gecko. That's not their fault. That's not. That's nobody's fault. But if anything, what can I show them that I can offer and say, look how amazing this character is. And I'm so grateful for the illustrators and even all the uh, the 3D printing guys or, and the people that are creating the figures and such like that. Um, but I, I saw the opportunity. And again, I think that goes parallel to so many other businesses and so many other lessons in life. And I, I'm so proud to be able, like I said, uh, to show my kids. This has not been an easy road for 23 plus years, um, eight years of waiting tables, eight years of managing restaurants, five years of taxi in between all the guest stars and co-stars. We have, I think, about 88 credits. I think it amounts to uh, over the last uh, past week, uh, which I checked on IMDb. Um, but again, it all takes work and a grind. And I, I respect your journey, but uh, I think every journey right now should be respected in this country. And I think that's kind of a major issue is that we all need to come together and say, look, it's not easy for any of us. Uh, I can't yeah. tell you, you know, it's with Tom Cruise on Collateral, uh, I was I had a lineup with Michael Mann. And a lot of times I'd get bumped out for my height, you know, uh, with Michael Chiklis or Christian Slater or Tom Cruise. <laughs> Uh, you nail that audition, but there's no way they're going to have you dwarf your movies. So I'm not complaining. I, I feel writers, directors, and producers, they need to cast what they want to cast. If I have a problem with that, then I'll write my own show. But, but as far as their opportunity, you know, their their uh, mindset in terms of how they want a film to go, not one day have I ever been upset. It's just, what can I show you to say, hey, this is how I might do it, or this is how I might be right for the part. And maybe you might not use me now, but you might use me in the future. Mm. Right, right. And that's, you know, something you may not be looking for now, but that's in the back of their mind for something they'll be looking for later. Exactly. And attitude is really important. You know, I tell the kids, Brian Seif, he gave me the most extensive makeup out of the 25 creatures uh, because we had patience and we were humble and we were respectful. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's it. I was I was actually just watching today um, those other characters in that scene. And, they, you know, they, they, they all look decent. But I mean, and then you over there with the Mad Max Road Warrior, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we need to we need to do a mock-up of that. There we go. Awesome. <laughs> Work there in Gecko, and uh, I, I'm so grateful he did. And now we're uh, fingers crossed for him. Uh, day before my birthday, September 20th, uh, Joseph uh, Stephen Poro, who's the, designed the costume for Episode Three, is nominated for an Emmy. And uh, Brian Seif, who did my makeup, uh, is nominated for episode six uh, with the uh, the A-team of Bounty Hunters of Bill Burr, Clancy Brown, and the two other, forgive me, I, I forget their names, they're Twi'leks there. That was a very impressive uh, Emmy haul, or at least a nomination yeah. set that Star Wars got along with Resistance, yeah. Pat and I have a, a series of uh, episodes that we do, like a sort of mini side shoot of our show called The Fandom Presence. And Pat and I, we go out to 
conventions or we go literally at Galaxy's Edge and we'll just seek out Star Wars fans and we'll interview them and put together these little interviews that we do with them and just ask them some basic questions and have some fun. The last one we did just before the big shutdown was in um, Fort Myers here in Florida. And we saw cosplayers from like Pat and I, you know, we had our wigs on, we had our, our Jedi robes and just having fun to some people who are making a living in cosplay. And they're, you know, doing uh, guest appearances and, and photo shoots, that kind of stuff. And having that perspective from them and they sit down, you can just tell their excitement. Remember the one guy, Pat, when, he, you know, he wasn't, he had seen Star Wars. He liked it. Oh, wasn't Casey his thing. Jones? Yeah, Kate, there, there you go. Casey Jones, exactly. Yeah. And he, when he spoke about the Mandalorian as an entry point for him, for his resurgence in the Star Wars fandom, you could tell and he, his, his face lit up. He had this excitement about it. And to see these people's reactions of when they're given the chance to talk about their happiness and enjoyment of Star Wars, that must be exactly what you felt like at every stop in this tour. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, and here's the other beautiful thing. You know, I grew up in uh, Austin, New York, which is about 40 minutes north of New York City. And again, the one reason I'm just blown away with the fan base is in New York and L.A., let's face it, I don't mean to stereotype, but, uh, you know, it's, it's tough as nails. There's a lot of tough skin where not everyone's really looking out for you. Everyone's rooting and rooting for you. On top of that, I mean, we had one kid in high school where he couldn't say one good thing about someone. If, you know, if you were different or you were odd, he had to go ahead and just kind of, you know, you, you couldn't get into one minute of conversation where he wasn't saying something that was negative. And my point is, the one thing I love about the Star Wars community that was really the most inspirational, and I was so happy that my son got to see it as well, is that they are confident with their own uniqueness. And through their mm. cosplay, is seeping through their personality. And the one thing that I love about that, it almost went back to sort of this beautiful, genuine, uh, uh, untouched Mr. Rogers moment to where... They're so content, they don't care what others think. When I was in Chicago, uh, 2019, I went in for a PBS uh, interview uh, of this one woman, Whitney Reynolds, she had a show, she wanted me on, uh, and I, I had a, a chance to meet with an illustrator at Celebration. He was running an hour late, and I'm seeing everybody come in, the Star Wars fans, I couldn't announce you know, anything that I had this little feature thing, um, but just to see the passion and how genuinely uh, um, peaceful and happy people are with being who they are, Mm. Uh, it is inspirational, and I'm so happy I was able to get my son around that, and I'm so happy to call so many of them my friends as well. I well, I was gonna ask if, um, you know, how the um, the whole process of getting involved with Star Wars, how if at all, that has changed you um, as as a person. Uh, but I feel like you were already that guy, which is which is awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean. You know, the one thing, I mean, the one great thing about all the blue collar jobs and the odd jobs is, and I, I, you know, I say this today, especially I think our society needs it now more than ever, where you hear this term Karen or Ken, as far as people that are being unruly or very entitled in society, is that, you know, everybody needs to be in the service industry. Perhaps, I mean, God, you know, God help, you know, uh, forgive me in terms of maybe perhaps even be an officer for a year um, to be a different, you know, job or occupation. And the one beautiful thing about those odd jobs is it will keep you very grounded. Um, I remember having a guest star on a show with Conan O'Brien producing uh, with Andy Richter. And uh, I was so used to having, you know, these little uh, inconsequential parts, you know, just here and there. And I remember Andy Richter uh, bringing me over, you know, and he's like, why don't you have lunch with us? You know, sit down. Um, but the whole thing was always just having sort of this humble, aw shucks kind of 
attitude because when you're around the service industry for so long uh, or you're around that East Coast mentality and what I like to call it as far as just staying grounded to where you're not raised to think of yourself as any better, then you're not being put down, but you're also not get, being handed anything on the football team or on the baseball team because of who you are. You either can play or you can't. You have to earn your keep. So to have that mentality, uh, I have always just been able to keep very grounded. And I'll tell you again, with that yin and the yang, if I ever get that tattoo, let's let's call it fate of fate. Uh, Gecko would not exist without that that fan base. So I am forever grateful and grounded and thankful uh, for again for this opportunity uh, over and over again, no matter how long it lasts. There. One of the central themes of Star Wars is family, and you, as an actor, and you were able to give back to that family and you're completing that circle and that fits right into your yin and the yang because if you don't have that support from us because of that excitement for the fan base you're not there but then we're also not there because if you're showing up for an interview we're excited to see you and it just comes back you know full circle and that's that's a fantastic way of weaving your your origins of fandom but your your job and the way you're able to support your family and give back to us, and we give back to you in the same way, which is absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful. Uh, October 6th, I have a special announcement just for the entire fan base, and it sort of revolves around that there, more or less. Uh, I do have a feature film that's releasing on that day as well called Anonymous Killers, mm. uh, which will be available on video on demand uh, during that, uh, that evening uh, or that day it premieres. Um, but, yeah, it is to touch upon just that uh, and how grateful I am. You know, and, and there's a, you know, just a little side story to that. It's just there are so many beautiful messages through Star Wars as well, along with just that togetherness and family. You know, the one thing, Lucas, and uh, with Vader, um, the whole initial uh, uh, reason he, he had that as sort of um, the basis of Star Wars was because of his relationship with his father. And I just love all those parallels as well to where, again, a lot of us did have that sort of conflicting, whether you're a woman or a man, uh, relationship with your father in terms of, you know, not choosing that path that they wanted to, you to, God knows, especially Italian American dads. Uh, you know, they say, "What? You're gonna be an actor?" I know a lot of Jew. You let her need more. Uh, his father too. You, as, as you know, in the Jewish culture, you got to be kidding me. You know? um, same thing, you know, with Italians is that you know, wait, wait, you're gonna do what? Um, but it's the same thing where you know you're able to relate to that as well, and it, it has so many beautiful messages, and I, I can't tell you how honored I am to be a part of it there. I, hey, look, I'm from an Italian family. I get it. <laughs> oh yeah. Wait, wait, go, go. I don't know if you watch it. This great comedian Sebastian Maniscalco, but he's yeah. his father all the time, and it's just—I mean, I think it's almost every Italian dad say, "What? You're gonna go find yourself? You found yourself. Go get a job." He knows. Every time I listen to him, it's like I'm listening to my grandfather and my father talk. Exactly. exactly. Pat, you gonna ask him uh, the, your special question? Oh uh, well, I could. Um, yeah. All right. Um, so. With, with a lot of our guests, we, we like to break the ice um, with this one, but um, the ice is already broken and it's like floating down the river at this point. Uh, um, we came up with this question and um, I, I, I think uh, you'll have a little bit of a different take on it, which will be interesting. Um, so the question is, if you could have lunch with anyone from Star Wars, who would it be? Now, it could be a creator, um, an actor, a character, uh, anyone involved uh, from one of the artists to anybody. Wow, that's a great uh, question. 
You know, I, I would initially say Ford. The problem is, you know, a lot of times when you meet some of these uh, celebrities, it's it's not always what you see on screen. Screens that a few times, um, but honestly, I, I would have to say Dave. Uh, I mean, he just from what all the stories I'm hearing, uh, it seems to be so fan friendly. And it's funny because people ask me, you know, there, there's a ranking command on set. They're like, well, how is it working with Dave? There's a ranking command. So I was with the first assistant and second assistant director the majority of the time. They're in charge of a 100 million dollar budget. They're not dealing with second team uh, performers. Uh, but it would be Dave just because he just seems so genuine uh, and and so. Uh, caring about the Star Wars community, um, understanding of the fan base on how we, we, we want more. Uh, we want a deeper level of, uh, of the story as opposed to just something on the surface. Um, so it would probably be Dave because he seems very approachable. But again, you know, the one thing, and I, I, I got that sense on the set of Mandalorian um, that I'm sure they don't stand for is a lot of the diva attitude. So as much as it would be fun to say maybe another actor, or a lot of times, uh, it, sometimes it's always, it, it's not always, but it can end up being a disappointment um, because uh, some of the, some of them, unfortunately, I've been around it. Uh, it'll, it has gone to their head. It was really awkward going around the country, you know, the country, because I am friends with some of them. Um, you know, but they're like, hey, you know, if another actor from the show, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's like it's like saying, yeah, my friend's coming for dinner, but like, you know, he's just gonna like embarrass the hell out of you. And I was like, well, I don't know. I said, I'll check. But then it's so funny, I checked with one of them. And he's like, okay, well, here's my agent and everything. And of course, you know, you go to the agent and be like, all right, yeah, we want, you know, $7,000, this and that. I'm like, you know, no, no, no. You know, if I would recommend one, it would be to help the store, not to help them, you know? Right, right, right. Or welcome to Hollywood, I tell you. Yeah, yeah all right, all right. Gecko's the, uh, the working man's uh, bounty hunter there. He's hey, the look, I like it. Affordable price. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, you know, hopefully uh, the in-depth story with Gecko is that, you know, they haven't explored when you see, you know, your figures, you know, for Loam and Zuckus, they're all just kind of standing there in sort of a stoic fashion. Uh, but I, I would love that to carry over to Gecko in terms of being sort of flawed, almost uh, taking on a little bit of sort of a Frankenstein, not that much of a, of a abnormal uh, mentality, but just sort of a, a Wrecked Ralph in sort of ways to where he's sort of lovable, uh, but also imposing and powerful. Um, but also you can see the humanistic uh, side of him as well there. Again, give more weight to uh, the character it's himself. And we're all in those different situations, but all those different stories. And that's what's uh, you know, a great thing about the ever-expanding universe of content where we get characters that are sometimes uh, you know, background characters. And you, you, know, you could call Boba Fett a very similar character, right? Bounty Hunter, of course, had little screen time, but immediately connected with the fan base. And look how much we've gotten from him and what he uh, was able to then spin off from that, including The Mandalorian. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, a lot of parallels uh, of The Bounty Hunter to uh, to being an actor as well, you know, finding work wherever you can. Uh, and again, uh, yeah. sort of uh, with the whole tour too, is just sort of uh, piecing it all together, you know, the best you can there. And uh yeah, I had a, had one fan from the 501st actually uh, do a, a concept art of his ship, and it just kind of was like pieced together with a couple of different um, uh, uh, famous ships there. I think it had the gun uh, from Millennium Falcon, and then it had the uh, the wings it looked like from the uh, uh, Tiberian, uh, you know, and then also there was a kind of like this uh, um, uh, van-like, uh, uh, this kind of a, a cube-like cargo, you know, which is not... Uh, very aerodynamic, but just trying to get the job done. <laughs> it's in space. It doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. <laughs> right, 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 right. 
and that's you know we we also wanted to to bring up we are huge fans of the 501st and everything they mm-hmm. do every time we get a chance to see them or talk to them we so we met mark hamill one time and we were like super excited and that's kind of how we are with the 501st too. It's like <laughs> that we see them and we're like, oh, he's 501st. Let's go get him. So, um, and uh, so it's just uh, we have such a respect and and a um, and a love for everything that they do for the fandom and for you know kids in hospitals and 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 all the charity work that they do, and then seeing them embrace you and bring you kind of into the fold. Um, I was uh, I was talking to Charles about it right after you had posted about you know their you know bringing you in and um, and I, I I mentioned how perfect it was because they and you both have that mindset of you know thinking of others and and putting them before your own you know personal endeavors and and really reaching out to help others. Yeah, I was laughing with my son because it was sort of like, you know, you have timeshares. Well, I had like timeshares of friends from uh, uh, the 501st. So, you know, no matter what city I pick, they just send an email. I'll be like, hey, I'm sick. <laughs> come in for dinner. It was just amazing. I mean, no matter where I went around the country, uh, they would show up and they would kid up. Um, and they're going to do it again. I mean, we've got a lot of big events planned there from, uh, again, September 13th to the October 6th. I'm looking to uh, hopefully spread some cheer on my area up in the northeast of Boston, uh, Pittsburgh, and uh, New York. Uh, I know they're de- in, in, in desperate need of just a little bit of cheer. Uh, so, yeah, I'm just really looking forward to meeting all of them. And, and like I said, for this entire year, I can't tell you how grateful I am. Uh, and, again, being from New York and L.A., it resonates so much because a lot of times you're, built, you're, you're met with envy. And you're met with people that are like, oh, man, well, it's not me or, you know, he's not that important. He's not, you know, one of the stars. And, I mean, they've completely embraced me, and I, I can't tell you how grateful I am. Yeah. Well, we'd like to really thank you for spending some time with us tonight and, you know, getting to know you, uh, of course, from The Mandalorian, but more so from the perspective that, you know, the the goodness that you're bringing to the community, but also you as a family man, but also then part of the Star Wars family and how that all interacts. And, you know, our show from day one has always been about just talking and having fun that way. And when we go out and talk to people, we have that same sense of family. So it was a it was fantastic to have you on with us. Uh, anytime, guys. And thank you. And, and God willing, we get uh, that Funko Pop uh, tour for 2021. I'd, I'd love to come back on. And uh, thank you uh, so much again uh, to all your listeners for all the support there of Gecko there. Thank you very much. And do you have, um, can you maybe let us know? I know we've talked a bit about the your upcoming tour. Do you have like a few minutes you can tell us more about where you're going to be going, when it starts specifically? I know you mentioned the date a couple of times. Maybe we just get this whole, uh, we can get a, you know, maybe you can rattle that off for us and we can find out where you're going to be, uh, where you're going to be visiting. Absolutely. I give uh, regular updates on uh, Facebook, which is called Lair of the Gecko. It's a page also on Instagram, Dominic Pace. Uh, Twitter is Dominic P. Pace. Uh, but we start uh, September 13th in Mount Vernon, Washington, just a little bit north of Seattle. Uh, then we're going to head down to Boise, Idaho for September 17th, over to Portland, Oregon, September 19th, uh, Salt Lake City on the 20th of September. And then we're going to jump all the way over to Pittsburgh for September 25th. September 26th is going to be Boston. September 27th is White Plains, New York, just about 40 minutes north of New York City. 
Uh, then down to Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, that's going to be October 2nd. Atlanta, Georgia, October 3rd. Uh, October 4th will be Little Rock, Ar Arkansas. And then Wichita, Kansas will be October 6th. And then uh, uh, right then, I, I just look, really look forward to uh, addressing all the fans and thanking them for uh, all their support for this entire year. That's, wow, that's a great tour. And then uh, when you're done with that. Season two airs uh, yeah. around, right around that time. And uh, I'll be starring in Anonymous Killers, which will be coming out uh, that evening, October 6th. Uh, we start oh, man. films, uh, one uh, produced, executive produced by uh, Alfonso Curon. Uh, and the director of photography is actually from a Netflix award-winning show called Roma. Uh, so really excited just to start getting back to work. And uh, and like I said, uh, fingers crossed with the toy line there. And also Marvel, Ethan Sachs, if anyone wants to give a shout out, he loves Gecko. Uh, we just might have a little pushback with LFL in terms of uh, not wanting to cross over Bounty Hunters from Mandalorian over to Star Wars Bounty Hunters. Uh, but fingers crossed, Ethan Sachs is able to get Gecko in there because I know he's really passionate about getting him into Star Wars Bounty Hunters and uh, it'd be great to have him join that Empire Strikes Back era there. That would be great. Well, thanks again, Dominic, for uh, coming on and having a great time with us. Uh, we've really uh, enjoyed it, and we're so grateful that you were able to come on with us. First of all, let's just say uh, thanks for everyone who listens. It's fantastic what response we've had. If you like the podcast, it would be great if you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or share it with a friend to uh, to expand our listenership, and that'd be that'd be cool. And uh, in the meantime, you can find us on uh, Twitter at Swations on Twitter. You can find us uh, at Facebook. At facebook.com forward slash conversations. You can find us on Instagram at instagram.com forward slash conversations. Our website, uh, conversations.com as well. Yes, those are all true and accurate statements. <laughs> Thank God for the spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Spreadshirt. There you go. Oh. <laughs> we have one of those. Um, it's been You're a welcome. couple of weeks since we've uh, updated that, but we're hoping to find some uh, time in our busy nerd schedule, Star Wars nerd schedule, to do that very soon. So, Thanks for listening, and with that... Listen, kid, I don't know what to say, but I guess uh, the Force will be with you, always. <laughs>